cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert. The story. Headline. The spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image, promote your products, create expert status, become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101, crisis management, media blitzing, it's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Welcome to Cover Story. I'm your host, Gian Wei, the PR Web Product Manager at Vocus. And I'm joined here today by Lee Odin, CEO of Top Rank Online Marketing, Lee's worked with some major companies out there, including Hewlett-Packard and Northwest Airlines. He's a regular speaker on both PR and marketing circuits. Uh, He's spoken at PRSA, Search Engine Strategies, Blog World, Media Relations, talking about new media, public relations, search, and social media marketing. Um, Lee also co-writes and edits online marketing blog, which is ranked as a top marketing PR blog on Advertising Age's Power 150. And in the name of transparency, I should mention that Lee has a long history with PR Web, and uh, I know Lee very well. Um, we 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 had lunch at uh, was it was it SES in San Jose most recently? I think Lee. It, yeah, I think we actually first met uh, Jen at a, a PRSA conference in Detroit or some PR conference in Detroit. Joe yeah. Olier introduced us, and then we we met again at a search conference. Yeah. Right, and and in between that point in time, we we actually did some work together. So I'm just going to throw that out there, um, uh, just to just to be social media friendly and and completely transparent, <laughs> Gotta be transparent. here. Well, hey, you know we have an interest. I mean, we, you know, we've been using PR Web since at least 2001, and we have a vested interest in making sure that we can do whatever we can to make those press releases right that are being sent out to be as search engine friendly as possible. So, hey. It was it was a good a good situation I think. Yeah, absolutely. And even though I'm only uh, relatively well, about two three years in here with Vocus and PR Web, I do know that Lee, you're, you've had a long history that precedes me. And I think a lot of the the features that you see in PR Web are attributed to a lot of your input and your close relationship uh, with a lot of the people that have kind of helped to build PR Web. So um, so bottom line, we're we're good friends here. Um, but Lee, I just wanted to welcome you to the show, and uh, thanks for uh, joining us this week. Well, thanks a lot, Gianna. It's uh, it's going to be fun. So let's let's get kicked off here. Um, I I actually think of you more as kind of a, a an SEO professional. I I feel like that moniker has kind of followed you around, but but more and more recently, I think some of the topics you've been uh, diving into and some of the topics you've been writing about have been more about the nexus between search engine optimization and, and social media. Um, and so tell us a little bit about, you know, what it is exactly that you focus on and, and how you kind of position yourself. Well, we're, you know, we're digital marketing. I mean, we used to always say online marketing, same thing, online digital marketing and PR firm, right? And you know, when we started in 2001, um, we started two companies, a traditional public relations firm called Michigan Odin and also a search agency called Top Rank. And over a couple of years, we found that there really was no reason to have two entities because there was so much convergence. We had search engine optimization, uh, 
you know, campaigns that were implementing media relations tactics in terms of link building, right? Getting right. editorially relevant links as a result of pitching stories uh, to webmasters or even journalists. And on the PR side of things, we were working with traditional offline PR uh, engagements, but we still provided ranking reports because we could actually show how traditional you know, PR coverage or media coverage was actually impacting um, search engine rankings and search engine traffic, even though that's not technically what we were engaged to do. So we kind of brought it all together because it does make sense, right? Um, the content, messaging, keywords related to messaging, um, right. the effect that PR as a communications epicenter in an organization has across corporate communications has a lot to do with successful implementation of SEO in an enterprise. So that's pretty much what we do. You know, we're, we're a digital marketing PR firm, and people hire us for a lot of different reasons, and we write about all those reasons on uh, toprankblog.com. Is this hard? I mean, a lot of our, a big chunk of our audience are PR professionals. And do you find that a lot of the things that you talk about, such as search engine optimization, um, it's hard for people who have been working in traditional PR to wrap their hands around? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. The, the distance between, let's say, search engine optimization and advertising agencies is much greater than search engine optimization and PR because of SEO is sort of an earned visibility and earned media placement, so to speak, right? Just like um, sure. a successful hit with a PR effort or media relations effort is something that's not typically a result of a payment, right? It's the editorial right. discretion of the journalist to include a company or not. And so they're actually, um, that as a paradigm makes it a little bit easier for some PR folks to get SEO. But um, the, the, the the challenge is, is getting rid of the middleman. I mean, in other words, understanding that a lot more journalists are searching and they're using search as a tool mm -hmm. to source story mm -hmm. content and research, past media coverage, research individuals, executives to be interviewed or products and that sort of thing and, and kind of bypassing the PR professional in many cases if they can. So the PR organization or the PR consultant or PR agency still needs, you know, they need to find value to deliver um, you know, to warrant what their clients are hiring them for. So increasingly, they're getting savvy about SEO and, right. and all the PR and news content that they create and publish can actually be optimized for search to make it easier for their clients to be found by journalists that are doing their job. Now, you're bringing up an interesting point because you're talking about sort of the benefit prop to uh to PR people um, in that they can get their content online in places where journalists are searching. And um, this really kind of speaks to how search engines have, have made it so that PR people have to, in order to make sure that they get to, to the journalists out there and they can get that media coverage, they need to get their content placed online. But there's a lot of talk about sort of circumventing journalists altogether and going straight to the general public. So, I mean, how does that fit into the whole picture of what you're discussing? Well, you know, people spend, as you know, I think email is the number one online sort of activity, and the number two activity is reading news. And consumers, you know, look for news and and online, obviously, and um, you know, oftentimes will not necessarily trust traditional, 
you know, news outlets. So they use search uh, to find news and information. Um, they might use news search engines, or they might need to use traditional search engines to find information of interest to them. And then they can subscribe via RSS, or they can use other mechanisms like bookmarking to stay, you know, to, to keep that kind of that source uh, in front of them, you know. And right. so the opportunity to bypass, um, you know, traditional news sources or whatever from a con- direct-to-consumer news optimization, news distribution for, for via a wire service, for example, is a key opportunity, I think, for marketers and public relations professionals because, um, you know, a lot of folks, if, when you look at, New search. A lot of that content that's there is our, our press releases. So right. you can optimize press releases, distribute them through good wire service, and actually reach consumers directly because they're actually looking at new search as a way to get their information. You know, right? Uh, as, as Greg Jarbo would say, you know that you're not pitching a person; you're pitching an algorithm, right? And you're doing that by by optimizing with keywords. You know, that's an interesting point. I think that kind of Actually, to circle back to your to your original point about um, how PR people should look at this as um, sort of a similar process because it's it's really about getting earned media. It's about getting that hit, and it's it's very similar as far as the effort's concerned. But then the logical conclusion one would come to is instead of looking to the media outlet to get that big hit, they're actually looking to the search engine. And so, are we now in a paradigm where? You know, it's like the Googleopoly, where Google is like the ultimate media outlet, and PR people are in a position where they have to get a hit with the ultimate media outlet, Google. Well, sure. I mean, I mean, what what brands wouldn't consider ranking highly on their brand terms, executive names, product names, what have you, first page on Google, just as important as prominent media coverage. You know. Or at least not getting, not being visible uh, on Google search properties um, is conspicuous, right? Uh, right? By not being there, and so yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of PR organizations and folks within companies realize how important, from a reputation and an influence standpoint, two key objectives for any PR effort are when it comes to having prominent search visibility for the important key terms uh, for business, for business unit, for executives. Um, and, and for other broad phrases that are relevant to that company. Sure, sure. I, I think another aspect to this to understand in, in, in the grand scheme of things is the notion of push and pull PR, which we talk about a lot, you know? Okay. So with push, push PR, right, we're, we're, we, you know, we can optimize content, and, and uh, that's fine, but we can send, you know, traditionally we're sending out press releases through a wire service that get distributed through feeds these days, of course, and they get picked up, by search, but also they get delivered via email to journalists that subscribe or bloggers that subscribe, or media right. relations efforts where you actually call or email journalists um, to pitch a story. You know, so th- those are some of the push tactics that have been successful in the past. But there's the pull, and the right. pull, of course, has to do with optimizing content. So those journalists or even in consumers are pulling themselves to your news, and this is happening increasingly as journalists lose their jobs and. You know, media properties are divesting of their real-world assets and going online. And so journalists are left there going, or reporters are, you know, that reporter that's going to do TV at 11 or 10 is also expected mm-hmm. to blog at 10 in the morning to create mm-hmm. uh, additional inventory for the website against which that newspaper can run ads against. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So yeah. how can they, you know, they've got all this stuff to do. Why not make it make their job easier? 
make it easy for them to find the resources that they're looking for. And that's a big opportunity, I think, when we converge search and uh, media relations efforts. I, this, is, this is a lot of, a lot of material, and, and I think push-pull is a good way to think about it. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, Lee, I want to ask you uh, to kind of talk through how when you start working with an organization out there, you figure out what is the right blend of push and what is the right blend of pull um, to really help them get the results they want. Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. Hey, have you got the number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it up on localpages.com. Localpages.com. Well, what if I wanted a business number in Miami? Localpages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with localpages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, MSN, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one cent, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. Localpages.com. List your business on localpages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. Localpages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Are your domains locked to the max? If not, your online brand presence and your entire online business could be at risk from Internet thieves. Imagine the damage that you and your company would suffer if control of your domain was lost. Protect all of your valuable domains with MaxLock. From Moniker, your domain asset management specialist. With MaxLock, even if your email accounts are hacked and your passwords are stolen, your domains are protected in your Moniker account. Transfer your domains to Moniker today. Powered by MaxLock. Delivering maximum protection for your domains. Find out more at Moniker.com slash MaxLock. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. SEM Synergy. Live broadcast Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel. On WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Cover Story. I'm your host, Gian Wei. I'm joined by Lee Odin, CEO of Top Rank. And before we left, we were talking about push versus pull from a PR person's perspective. And um, there's a lot of different things to consider. Lee, I wanted to know a little bit about your perspective on, you know, for, for the PR person who's so used to doing things in a very traditional sense, how do they know, you know, when to focus their efforts on push and when to focus their efforts on pull? Sure. Well, um, the first thing you do is you pull out a quarter and you flip it. <laughs> no. Um, so you should always uh, pu- pushing information out is tends to be more opportunistic, right? Um, like you've got a new product announcement or you've got something you want to promote, that tends to be the 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 you know what motivates a push kind of activity. On the pull side, though, that means optimizing content. So that should be an ongoing practice, a process within 
corporate communications and public relations uh, activities that they've got keyword glossaries that have been researched that speak mm-hmm. to key terms for the organization, both from a media relations and also a marketing kind of you know standpoint that they're using to optimize any kind of news content or digital assets that will be hosted on the web or discoverable via search somehow. So that includes, right. obviously, newsrooms, press releases, uh, media coverage, archive webinars, newsletters, um, even images, right? High-res images for use with, you know, stories for um, mm-hmm. as a resource to journalists and that sort of thing, um, even any audio, any video, and optimizing those resources and assets and, of course, promoting them on the corresponding channels so that wherever that journalist who's doing research is looking, whether they're looking within LinkedIn, looking within Facebook, or they're doing a, a monitoring Twitter, monitoring mm-hmm. Delicious, or actually doing a search on Google or Google Blog search, they keep running into the same company when they're doing the same kind of keyword search. You know, and, and that really speaks a lot to earning media coverage without any pitching going on. Now, I'm... How does this flow work? Like, I think, you know, probably in your typical small business or a smaller mid-sized business, you may have the same team who can kind of, who's kind of working in the same department or the same office, or oftentimes it's just one individual. And so, you know, they're able to sort of figure out, okay, this is how I'm going to do this, this is how I'm going to do that. But what about, like, mid-market or large market when you get into sort of a segmented marketing department and then you have your PR people? I mean, whose responsibility is it to kind of ensure um, – that the pull side is adequately taken care of. Is it the PR persons or is it the marketers? It should be. It should be the pull person's responsibility. Um, it's got to be both, obviously, because okay. we want messaging to be consistent across communications, right? But okay. there's a different objective when, I mean, when most most of the SEO advice you get and most of the budget that goes into SEO comes from marketing because it's about lead generation, and sure. the kind of content you optimize for lead generation is obviously different than optimizing news content. And think about the experience difference in terms of our end objectives between optimizing for lead gen versus optimizing to instill or to uh, motivate media coverage. A, a consumer going out and doing a search for something goes to Google, they do a search, they're presented with features and benefits and maybe a call to action to buy. And mm-hmm. then as a result, they become a customer if they do buy, and that's the relationship with whatever company they found. Now let's switch and go to a scenario where it's a journalist or an industry analyst or or a blogger that's doing research. They're looking for facts. They're looking for trends, and they're going to respond to research and data points and uh, signals of credibility. And then the outcome would be a relationship from the person that they find uh, with the media, and certainly a, a trusted source from the media to the person that they find. And so the outcome is a little bit different. It's not a conversion in the sense that we think of as marketing. So when we're optimizing news content, that should be driven by PR, but certainly tactics are very similar to what marketing is going to have experience with if they have a, a mature or active SEO program. Got it. Got it. Okay. Let's, let's switch tax. Let's go uh, towards social media. Um, now, I know that I've been following Top Rank for some time, and I know the topic, uh, the topics on Top Rank were really kind of much more search-focused, and I think more and more recently I've seen um, the Top Rank 
content be a little bit more focused on um, sort of a broadening, broadening stratification of, uh, of topic areas, including a lot of social media topic areas. Um, how does social media play into this, this fusion that we're, that we're discussing here? Well, you know, um, in realizing that journalists are tasked with doing more with less, many of them are using technology to be more productive. For example, monitoring Twitter, just like companies do for customer service, journalists mm-hmm. do for up-and-coming stories and to source um, subject matter experts or, or um, topics or whatever. Um, same thing with something like Delicious, you know, where people are bookmarking topics of interest. They can get a different perspective on what people are saying about a company. I'd be surprised if some media organizations aren't actually using social media monitoring software to get some deep insight into what people are saying in a social media context, because that kind of monitoring is kind of like a canary in the coal mine in terms of discerning what up-and-coming trends are, what up-and-coming conversations are that are happening with influentials, and then the journalists can actually use that as part of their research, uh, part of their perspective maybe when they're reporting on an assigned beat or an assigned story of some kind. So social media is a place where folks in the media are spending their time looking for information. So as a marketer or PR person, that means there's an opportunity, just like with search, to make it easy for them to find you, to find your Mm -hmm. client. And that means creating content and socializing and participating in the different social channels where these folks are actually looking and participating. Now, I've seen um, a lot of... I've seen actually a lot of journalists start following uh, our own. We have a PR web Twitter feed here, and I've seen a number of journalists start following this. How, how rampant do you think this practice is amongst journalists to go into Twitter and to start following dif- different companies' feeds that, they're, that are in the same beat that they're following? There's a lot of journalists on Twitter. Uh, seriously. I mean, Twitter is such an effective tool right. uh, for, for uncovering new information, new trends early on. Um, I mean, look at the, just as a recent example, the, the, the crash in uh, Amsterdam, I believe, and then obviously the one in New York, you know, mm-hmm. those photos were, you know, they were on Twitter. I mean, they were distributed via Twitter before any traditional news organization was able to do that, you know? And so I think when you look at that and you look at in terms of reporting what's going on, Twitter is this sort of crowdsourced news gathering entity that journalists can tap into directly or using a third-party application or just using RSS on a, on a search, uh, search result. I find, I find it a little overwhelming, it, it just kind of personally. Like, we, we have, like, I don't, we're, we're probably pretty small in the grand scheme of things, but our pure web Twitter feed, it has about 400 followers, and we follow, like, 300 people or something like that. And I'll sometimes look at the feed, and I find myself overwhelmed. Like, what am I supposed to do with that feed that I see in front of me with all this disjointed content you know, all like 140 characters or less. It it looks almost to me, in some ways, sort of like this global chat. And oftentimes, there's no kind of continuity to it. I'm just wondering, how do you use it, and how do you make sense out of all this content that is kind of ensuing in this space? Sure. Well, um, Twitter's uh, like any has many. It's a tool, and there are third-party apps that make Twitter more efficient as a tool. Um, Twitter by itself isn't as impressive or useful or a marketing PR person, uh, as 
the third-party apps that use the data that exists within Twitter. Oh, okay. Okay. I see. Twi- okay. Tw- and Twitter also facilitates what happens in the real world, just like any other social networking tool. You know, mm-hmm. you meet somebody at a conference, and maybe you connect on Facebook, and then maybe you, you know, trade emails, you connect on LinkedIn, you know, maybe there's a Twitter connection too, and so now you're on each other's radar. And it's acceptable to, you know, drop informal communications because you've got this sort of connection. And that's, you know, and, and then after you see each other again, maybe at a real-world event or you do business, I mean, it's a, it's a point of communication and connection. And so it's something that can help facilitate what might already be something you're trying to do, but there isn't a social reason that's acceptable to make that kind of out, outreach. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as far as using Twitter, the way I use Twitter is uh, simply as a way to be useful to people. I mean, to build credibility, to build my network, to build um, the ability to make connections, both on and offline, uh, and in executing that, that's a strategy. The tactic would be to simply be useful. Um, now, certainly, I uh, you know might lose willpower and tweet about something silly, you know, I don't have a cat, so I don't write about my cat, but you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, like, oh, I'm things. in the supermarket, should I get, you know, ham or turkey or something? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm following that, you know. <laughs> um, um, but, but otherwise, it's, it's, you know, on an individual level, a tweet means nothing. In fact, I remember, this reminds me of when I was talking to Kevin Ryan from, um, um, when he was a search or anyway, search engine strategies kind of event or whatever, and he was talking about uh-huh. trying to understand what the hell this damn thing called Twitter was, and uh-huh. what I was tell- what I told him then, and I think eventually he did, or he did get on Twitter afterwards was individually a tweet means nothing, but cumulatively it creates uh, a persona, it creates a, a, a familiarity, it creates a personality for the the origination of of those tweets. So if you add up all the little tweets you might make over the uh, period of time, people that are mm-hmm. paying attention come to know you. Mm-hmm. And that lowers barriers of, uh, you know, it, it instills trust and familiarity, and it does lead to a certain amount of influence. And right. if you're intentional about it, not completely random, and just emotionally being, you know, letting Twitter be your, your sleeve, right? People wear their heart on their sleeve, and I guess people do that. And that's, by the way, Twitter is a wonderful competitive intelligence tool for employees at sure. companies that just can't keep their mouth shut. Oh yeah, <laughs> or I should say their keyboard shut, um, sure. and write about all kinds of things about their company. But if you're intentional about it and you time it, and, and the key thing is to be a useful resource. Point to, link to things that are useful to people. Respond to them. Answer their questions, and it comes back to you. You know, I have one concern about Twitter, though, and you you kind of got to it when you talked about the competitive intelligence component. I know that I've been following some threads uh, on Twitter or running some searches for our own brand, and what I've seen is if someone mentions our brand, um, I've seen this a couple times, uh, some of our competitors will immediately go on there and cold call them, or, or, or I'm sorry, direct message them. Um, and and I guess what what my fear with Twitter is is that, at what point does it just become saturated with marketing and sales, and how do they how do they kind of filter all that out and make sure that the, the communication that goes on there is really genuine and it just doesn't ultimately become a prospecting space for marketers and salespeople? Well, it's it's all opt in, you know. I mean, you're only going to see stuff that you opt into, mm-hmm. or, or or you know what I mean. So, uh, by the way, in your category, you've got some other organizations that are particularly. Aggressive. <laughs> I don't think that's <laughs> good. Aggressive, right? 
Yep. <laughs> um, you got it. Anyway. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Lee, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I want to start looking towards the future. I want to pick your brain about what you see as the emerging trends in search for 2009 and also start hearing a little bit about what you have to say about where the role of PR might eventually go if you were if you were to just kind of dream up two three years down the road what the PR person is doing I, I kinda want to hear more about that too so we're gonna pick your brain a little bit when we come back stick around cover story we'll be back after this short break Hey, Jim, why are all the coders leaving so early? Doesn't your department have a deadline of, like, midnight or something? Me and my staff are here all night. I saved money on my staffing budget by outsourcing a lot of work to offshoring.com. I told them I needed a coder, and they sent me profiles fast. My staff just filled in the little details, and now we're having margarita night. Offshoring.com. Fast, inexpensive, excellent, and on time. Offshoring.com. SEOSeek.com is your one-stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay-per-click management, SEOSeek.com delivers high-quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOSeek.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at SEOSeek.com. Hey, what's that sound coming from your computer? That's the sound of me making money with ReferBack.com. They've shown me how to... ReferBack.com showed me how to turn clicks on my existing site into cash. ReferBack gives you free banners, mailers, even your own personal account manager. Oh, can they help me make money off my blog, too? Absolutely. Your websites, your blogs, they can all be making you money. You can even earn 50% commission on your first month. Put some into your website. Just visit ReferBack.com. Mobile Presence, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Cover Story. I'm your host, Gian Wei, PR Web Product Manager over at Vocus, and I'm joined today by Lee Odin, who is the CEO of Top Rank Online Marketing. And Lee, I want to. I, I just want you to you spill all the beans. What's going to happen in 2009 in search? What are the big trends that people need to think about? In search, search. Wow, search. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm being know, very self self serving right now because I have a lot of search questions and I want to know what what you have to say about it. So sure, sure. Well, I, I think as far as search goes, um, you know, the, the the engines continue to make make changes. I know from an SEO perspective, straight out SEO. Uh, as, as much as I hate to say it, is is you know really not the silver bullet that it once was. Um, there are just too many variables out of the control of a, a search optimization professional. Okay. Um, although, as long as things can be searched on, and this this is a, a, a truism, I think people can rely on for years to come. If it can be searched on, it can be optimized, and no search search channel is actually perfect, and it never will be perfect. So at a minimum, there's a marketing PR opportunity 
to facilitate the search engine's own job at being able to find the most useful resources or the best answer for queries. So if things can be searched on, whatever type of media they are, then they can certainly be optimized. And I think a trend in 2009 is more and more companies, especially with the economy the way it is, are going to continue to put money into search because Mm -hmm. of its accountability, because of its ability to be measured, um, than maybe some of the other investments they've made in traditional advertising. I think that's definitely going to be a, a direction in terms of, you know, when you look at it from a marketing perspective that, that's happening this year in search. And, oh, and the uh, other thing that's happened, of course, that's of interest is recently Google allowing pay-per-click ads to show up in Google News results. Um, sure. That's, that's a very interesting opportunity for PR folks, I think. Right, because now they can start finding ways to buy. I mean, this is this gets back to our original conversation where we talked about how SEO had a lot in similar with PR because of the earned media process, and now we're now we're talking about maybe bringing in another variable, huh? Like the the paid process, like the paid placement process, like for different news searches. Now PR people could theoretically go and you know. Um, I, I don't know what's an example. Let's say there's a big product recall or something like that, and all those news, the news stories hits around, you know, this toy product recall. A PR person mm-hmm. can now buy placement in in the news search right now, right? Right. Yep, yep, exactly. And Well, you know, there's and people are doing this with social media monitoring tools, this kind of opportunistic uh, advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe BuzzLogic is, is focused on this, where you start to see something that's happening. I mean, obviously, if you're covering a beat or you're covering a particular category for your client and you know when there's some big news that hits, you could go ahead and start running pay-per-click ads on Google.com, let alone Google News, and that's all fine. Um, On the social media monitoring side, you can be monitoring keyword terms and start to see that something's going hot or it's really buzzing. And Mm -hmm. I know the BuzzLogic software actually detect if they accept um, AdSense ads, and you can go ahead and run an ad through their system oh, wow. on that site wow. that's going hot. And that's a PR opportunity. Well, PR slash advertising, uh, advertorial, I guess. Well, this is, this is, this, I mean, we're making things really tough for PR people. Because first we were talking <laughs> about how they need to learn about pull, and we're saying, well, it's okay now because, you know, search is, is kind of like, you know, earned placement. And now we're saying, okay, yeah, but you really are going to start having to learn what advertising people have been doing for the past God knows how long. So, I mean, really, really, they have a big challenge ahead of them, it sounds like. I think it would, it does behoove PR organizations to diversify their skill sets to include other influence channels on the web. There's just no getting around it. So, let's get crazy for a second and, and think three, five years down the road. What is what is the PR person doing? I mean, are they? I don't think they're writing press releases and calling journalists on the phone all day. No, what is you know, it that they're what? exactly doing? Yeah, what they're doing is they're they're being a, they're a participant, and they should be doing that now. But especially those that kind of come on board eventually, they're a participant in social channels, not just a, distribu- a distributor of news. Right? They're not just mm-hmm. tapping folks on the shoulder saying, "Hey, write about this client." but they're actually, you know, living and breathing the client messaging as a transparent entity that represents the client, but, you know, sort of like a community manager, you know, for hire, if you will, um, Mm -hmm. within different social channels. I I, I really do think more and more PR efforts will center around that kind of participation 
so what, what, will, what will be the kind of the core competencies then that they're going to have to know? I mean, it's not really going to be, is it going to be as so much, I mean, obviously the craft of writing a press release, you know, and getting on the phone and creating relationships with journalists, are they going to lose those skills or are they just no. going to have to develop new ones on top of those skills? They'll new ones on top of those skills, and and the journalists aren't going away, obviously. Um, right, and and obviously there are influential bloggers as well. So it's going to be important for them to expand their existing skills at creating compelling messaging that tells stories uh, through the channels that they're using at the moment, and extend their ability to do that storytelling, that compelling messaging, in other formats and actually maybe get in the business of creating content more so than they do right now. I mean, getting outside of just text, like, you know, the next generation of what a social media press release might be, as an example. Um, and, and being able to provide content and information in a way that's going to be useful and meaningful, um, and fundamentally, you know, to help that journalist or whoever's tasked with writing that media coverage do their job, you know. Um, right. I think participation is key because there's, you know, the, the, the technology within the social web makes it so easy for folks to connect, to publish. It's a lot of information. It's a lot of noise. And it's going to behoove PR professionals to understand the tools that will make their ability to communicate and cut through all that noise, um, you know, develop that expertise as much as they can. Well, I think that's a, that's a perfect place to cut out here. Um, it's been fascinating talking with you, Lee, and I've, I have, I've gotten a lot of ideas that I'm going to take into uh, my company and pawn off as my own over the course of the next couple of weeks here, <laughs> based off of a conversation. Well, happy holidays. <laughs> but, but for other people who want to kind of, I'm, I'm lucky I have your, your cell phone number, but for other people who want to sort of follow you and, and hear more about your thoughts, how can they do that? Well, they can definitely reach me at, uh, you know, Twitter is one place, <laughs> L-E-E-O-D-D-E-N. Um, okay. We publish a blog, toprankblog.com, and, of course, our company is uh, toprankmarketing.com. Well, I, I'm actually subscribed to your, your Twitter feed and your blog, and I definitely recommend anyone who is interested in knowing what's coming down the pipeline in, in digital PR and social marketing and SEO. Thanks a lot. It's been really informative, and uh, I look forward to speaking with you in the near future. Thanks a lot, Jan. I really appreciate the time. 